Hey, David. Yes? Do you know what I, I dislike about the week leading up to Black Friday? Uh, that it's no longer a week and it's more like a month. It's like the longest week ever. Yeah, but like consumers are conditioned to just assume, oh, Black Friday's in two weeks. What's the deal? Fuck, I don't know. I have no idea. It's not like I'm running into my local GameStop or any store really being like, do you have a deal for Black Friday? Well, sir, that's in two weeks. Yes, I know. Do you have a flyer or something? Like in the establishment I work at, we've had deals for a week and a half now. Mm-hmm. And we have more deals coming. When I, it's uh, crazy. When I worked at uh, Ye Old Shoppers Drug Mart, we wouldn't get our flyers until literally the day before that they went on, like the sale would start. So, yeah, yeah uh, you know, it, it's it's turned into Black Friday month, no longer a Black Friday. It should just be called Black November. Yeah, except now, like door crashers are like a buzzword. Like, oh yeah. my God, do you have any door crashers? Yeah. Oh my God. You know what's always going to crash through every door in existence? The Kool-Aid Man? That and this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Seed on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David, and his untitled goose just staring at me across the webcam, just watching. Oh, yeah, there it is. Me. I was wondering where that went. <laughs> just doing his thing. And I, like, I'm a little, I'm a little skeezed out. I'm actually upset that you haven't sent me one yet, but you know what? Tomato, potato. Tomato, you never, potato. You never asked. I didn't think I had to ask. So, oh, well. David. <laughs> What's up? Obviously, you know, uh, because of Snowmageddon in Buffalo, I didn't go stateside, so I didn't pick us up some really cool board games. Yeah, or damn. Fun candies, but how, you know, the, how are you? The funniest thing is, though, is that we talked about that in our last week's episode. That uh, if if anyone was actually lucky enough to catch it before we had to to pull it down, we had some technical difficulties that came to light after we published it. Uh, Thank and... you, Gabriel, for letting us know. <laughs> and it was just me talking to myself for the whole hour. <laughs> and it's so funny because out of context, it is just some of the most bizarre shit you would say. Because like <laughs> you're just responding to things I'm saying. And for for topics you guys missed last week, you guys missed us essentially insinuating that Sony pays for the Game of the Year awards, which we've we've ranted about previously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't actually remember what else we talked about last week. I can't we even look at the about, episode title. Uh, we talked about Black Panther versus Black Adam. Um, we talked about, uh, oh, geez, it was so long ago. Speaking of um, Black Panther versus Black Adam, did you know that like they're now in crisis mode? They've like dropped. So apparently now the movie only has to make $400 million to get a sequel. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it's like elementary school teachers nowadays, right? Like they're not allowed to fail students. Like if you submit, if you submit uh, an assignment, 
by default, you get 50%, even if you did it all wrong. That's only in like grades one through eight, isn't it? In grade nine, you actually have to like grade to the curve. So, so funny thing is early or during the pandemic, when schools all went uh, at home, like online learning, um, teachers actually were not allowed to fail students. So uh, my mother at the time uh, worked in a high school. And she told me that the grade that students have at the time of when everything like shut down and went online, that was the grade that they would have gra- like that they would finish with if it was above a 50%. If it was below 50, they would be put up to a passing grade. But everyone else, so like if you had say like one exam before everything shut down and you got perfect on that and your grade was like 100%, you would have passed the class with 100%. That's how they were doing oh, wow. things. Yeah. So I, w- I wasn't going to go there, but I forgot about the whole Black Adam conversation. James Cameron came out this week and was like, hey guys, see my movie. But he said it in a way that was hilarious. James Cameron says Avatar, the way of the water in a worst business case scenario needs to make $2 billion <laughs> to, $2 break billion, even, eh? to break even with total investments, advertising. The movie cost over $250 million to make. Okay. Well, that means that it has to make more than Star Wars The Force Awakens. It has to be the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Uh, Will it beat Avengers? Probably. Really? I don't know. I don't know. You're looking at a sequel from 12 years ago. Yeah, that nobody really cares about. Aliens fucking. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? I mean, there's other places you can see that for for free. Um, I think people were more psyched for, for Endgame than they are for Avatar. I think because, like you said, the Avatar the first movie came out so long ago that it's just like, Oh, they're, they're finally making the sequel. And the buildup was incredible to end game, right? It was now Mar- like- Marvel's kind of on a little bit of a dip and we're going to do a deep dive on Marvel in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I might actually have the perfect guest host for us for that. Maybe two. Plus uh, I was thinking about getting our boy Jay out for some Andor. Yeah. Well, discussion. someone's got to finish watching it. That guy's probably watched the series twice already. Let's be real. Probably, but he, I'm talking about I'm talking, about, you, I'm talking about I'm talking about you, Sean. This was one of our other topics from last week. <laughs> Sean's been sleeping on Andor. I and haven't been sleeping on Andor. I just No, because you've been sleeping without Andor on. But there's other things to watch and do and see and say. Yeah. Speaking of things to watch, did you watch um Spirited? Yet. We have not. It's on our list for this weekend. All right. So, folks, I, without spoiling it for you, Sean, and for people who haven't seen it, Spirited is the new, the newest Will Ferrell Christmas movie. It's got the uh, typecast Ryan Reynolds playing the witty, somewhat of an asshole character. He's He's literally the same person now in every single movie. Has he done a serious movie since Deadpool? Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, no. Yeah, where he doesn't have to, like, where he doesn't make some sort of, like, smart-ass remark at some point in the movie. No, but that's his thing. Yeah, he used to make serious movies. Um, This is the new Christmas movie. 
Uh, we watched it last weekend. I knew it was a musical. Didn't expect it to be as musically as musical as it was, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. Um, it's kind of a take on a Christmas Carol, but kind of more modern. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Did you enjoy Elf? I did. And we're, like we watched the trailer and we were like, yeah, let's watch it this weekend. Yeah, it's nothing and, like Elf. And then we just like time got away from us this weekend and we ended yeah. up watching some other stuff. No worries. No, I think you'll enjoy it. It was it was great. Grab a bowl of popcorn. It is definitely like a, a popcorn flick. You know, you're just sitting there enjoying your time. Uh, I think this this week we're going to be watching a the second Christmas story movie. Not like not the sequel, like not a Christmas story the two. Disney like, plus one. Is it the Disney plus one? Mm-hmm. A Christmas story Christmas. I don't think it, is it on Disney plus. No, it's on Crave. Yeah. Crave. Yeah. But uh, that is like the official sequel to a Christmas story. Uh, like the original, the OG with the lamp, the Red Rider BB gun. All that stuff. It has the main, like the original cast from that movie, still back. Like Peter B- Billingsley. Did You're you know so he, bad with names. I'm I'm terrible with names. That's like when I have children, I'm just gonna not name them. You got to do that Dane Cook thing. When you have kids, you got to name them Megatron and Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter, how do you say his name? Peter. Billingsley? Billingsley, yeah, like Billingsley. Did you know that he's uh, in a lot of Marvel stuff? Really? No. Yeah. Yes, he is. No. He is the scientist in. He is the scientist in um, Iron Man. Oh, so he's like a, an extra actor. No, but he had lines. Hold on, hold on. Uh, he was in Spider-Man: Far From Home. He's William Ginter Riva. Look him, Google it. I am Googling it. William Ginter Ginteriva is a former Stark Industries scientist credited for the creation of the Stark oh, Industries yep. combat drone. He's in 2009, Riva was a member Iron of the Man. science team ordered by Obadiah Stane to try and create the arc reactor technology after Stark returned to the United States of America. Yeah. So little Ralphie uh, grew up to you know, do evil things. But is it really, it, would he really be evil? Like he was just doing a job. No, he's the guy who's like toasting at the end of uh, like when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, um, like we did it. We fucking beat them type of thing. Yeah. 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 But he's evil then, but was he evil at like, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to get into a very political uh, conversation. If we do that. Uh, other news in the life of David, uh, 20, well, when this episode comes out, it is exactly one month until the big man comes down and gives us Christmas presents. He actually lives down the street I, for me. I'm not actually visiting uh, <laughs> <laughs> this Christmas. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus lives down the street from me. So uh, we got our Christmas tree this week. Going to be decorating that. We got a real tree. Smells great. Super excited. Um, but the kind of speaking of the big man have you watched any of the santa clauses no i haven't I, right. i'm gonna be honest with you man it's been kind of a, a weird time so every year at, at christmas 
um, she who shall not be named, which is now what we're aptly naming both of them. Um, she she typically before December starts tries to like plow through Gossip Girl. It's like a fall show or a winter show that she watches. And like she I rewatches will, it. Yeah, and I will admit, like I get hooked every fucking time on Gossip Girl. It's so so incredibly written. What a great show! It's not because and turns and drama. You're sure it's not because of all the 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 gossipy oh, girls in there? It's partially like Blake Lively. Yes. Wait, Blake Lively's a girl? Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds' wife. I thought Blake Lively was a was a country singer. No. Dudley <laughs> Meester, she did sing a little bit. I, know, I thought Blake Lively was a male country singer, but we've been watching that. And then in more somber news, I've been watching some old episodes of uh, Batman, the animated series, and I've been watching some Power Rangers. Because uh, for those who don't know or don't spend their time scouring the Internet like David and I do. David chilling on Reddit more than any human possibly should. We My lost karma's not that high two of our childhood actors in the past like week and a half. And one was an iconic voice of our lifetime. Kevin Conroy, who can I just say that you segued completely away from the Santa Clauses. And I wanted to talk about that before you You, get into something so, so depressing, but continue on, continue on about the trains moving, the trains moving. (laughs) So Kevin Conroy was the voice of, the animated series Batman, but he's also done a lot of live action Batman and a bunch of other Batman related items, period. And then Jason David Frake passed away the other day as well. And for those who are our age, so I would say late 20s, early 30s, who grew up watching the Power Rangers, we have lost our Green Ranger or white ranger or white ranger depending on which one and then he was also the red ranger at one point and a bunch of other rangers and it's not meant to be funny but i will say the one thing that i've i've discovered in the loss of somebody that like everybody wanted to be while we were playing right you either want like when you went through your friend group you'd be like all right it's recess i gotta get to the top of the hill first so i could be the red ranger or the green ranger right actually i always you know what? I was always the Black Ranger. Why weren't you the Blue Ranger? Your name was David. <laughs> yeah, but he was a nerd. I, he was Billy. Billy. Yeah. No, it? I was always the Black Ranger because uh, he was like the the what is it? The uh, Macedon. Yes. There's which just I, I thought was cool. So many, so many Power Rangers movies, so many Power Rangers TV shows, so many Power Rangers period. But like I remember growing up being like damn, I want to be a Power Ranger. My mom's like, you can't watch Power Rangers if you hit your brother. Uh, then we would go play karate or wrestling in the basement, and then Power Rangers and wrestling would be turned off for a while. Yeah, Very we, weird how that always happened. We actually had a blanket, like a quilt that my mom had made that fit perfectly on the on the floor between our TV and the, the couch, and that was our wrestling ring. Uh, and, <laughs> and during Power Rangers, we would usually jump on the couch and like throw each other off the couch in <laughs> onto the ring that we made. Yeah, onto we a blanket. Onto, yeah, onto a blanket. But you know, because we put the blanket there, it was slightly padding, right? So we weren't allowed to watch Power Rangers for a while, just like we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons. 
Did you ever have, um, or do you know what a Papazon chair is? Like, it's one of those big bowl chairs. I never had one, but I've seen many of them, and I've sat so, in a few of them. We had one of those in our basement. And that cushion, when you pulled it out, was the perfect circle. It was the perfect size for actual wrestling because it was thick. Nice. And I'm talking like two, three inches of padding thick. Like it was a good wrestling mat. And I mean, for like children, that was enough, right? Like, yeah. Actually, when you think about it, like if you, if you think of the mats that we used in elementary school when we had gymnastics, that was like dense, hard foam and they'd make us do somersaults on that, you know, and you'd roll and like your spine would just, (laughs) just be like crushed along the mat because it was not soft at all. Yeah, my my parents' house when we were younger, before like flooding started like screwing up some of the foundation, there was a the the underlay and then the underlay's underlay under the floor was so padded that like you could wipe out on that concrete floor and you wouldn't feel a thing. There was like an inch of padding underneath the carpet to keep a the yeah the roof. yeah. But B, then you throw that mat on top and you jump off the couch onto it. Like we were doing people's elbows, man. <laughs> and if you had said underlay a few more times, your horse would have just ran away. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, we lost two childhood acting legends. It's Very crazy good. to think, though, like that this is going to happen more and more. Right. Like and, and they weren't even that old. Yeah, but we're. We're getting to the age, and I guess it's more so like millennials in general. We're getting into the the period where when we were children, we were watching shows and movies, and the people that we were watching on those shows and movies were our age that we are now, if not a little bit younger, right? Yeah. So they're getting to the point where they're now getting older, and we have in our minds – they're still the same, right? Like, have you ever looked up an actor that you're like, Oh, I haven't seen them in like, I remember watching the show. You looked it up and they are like twice as old as you think that they would have been. Yeah. And they're just like, look old and shriveled. And it's like, wow, how are you still breathing? Kind of thing. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where we're at right now with, uh, with our childhood heroes. Yeah. Like, it's crazy because like your TikTok algorithm, your Instagram, all that stuff call, kind of follows whatever you hit that little heart on. Right. And for the last few days, it's been all Power Rangers stuff. So now every third video is a Power Rangers video. And I will I like I'll maintain to this day as stupid as I must have looked every time I was like, it's Morphin time and grab my toy morpher or whatever. Mm-hmm. At least I wasn't those children. And you people know what I'm talking about. At least I wasn't the turbo shifting Power Ranger child. You mean the kids like, with the You mean the kids with the rat tail haircuts? No, no, no. So like <laughs> to describe what I'm doing is like literally stick shifting in the air to turbo shift and then put a key into my like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. transponder on my wrist. Yeah, but and- those kids all had rat tail haircuts though. You know, the, you know the kids I'm talking about. Like They're like the children version of Karens, like the bratty Those ones. So you want to smack. Those kids knew how to party. <laughs> That's true, because they had rat tails. But so, somber moment of the week, for sure. And uh, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I yeah. remember Saturday morning had both of those shows. That's why it's been such an impactful week. Because you, yeah. you don't think about it like that, right? Like, you know, no. eventually, like, 
Yeah. And especially <laughs> especially like at this time of year, I think I think right around the holidays, that's where like nostalgia really hits hard for for a lot of people, right? Because we spend more time thinking about the time that we spent with family and growing up and all that stuff, right? And the things that we used to do with each other. So when we get news that, you know, like I said, our childhood heroes, when something happens to them, it's just kind of, it's just added to the pile of shit that we're dealing with in our lives nowadays, right? That it's like, oh man, we're we're losing yeah. the people that we looked up to when we were younger. But speaking of looking up to people like Santa Claus, let's... Uh... Oh, I had one more comment because you brought something okay. up. Okay, go for it. <laughs> speaking of Santa Claus... I'll, I'll segue. <laughs> you know, you know, Christmas feels like it's a long time coming. And now more than ever, it's like October 31st uh, to January 1st is Christmas mm-hmm. or January 7th if you're Orthodox. So like it's, it's a good span of time. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there and you know, like sometimes when you just you're having some thoughts and you're like, you're, you're trying to put your world into perspective. And this is going to sound like I was high off my fucking mind. Yeah, it sounds like it already. But I put into perspective the other day that I've been alive for 35 years. Congratulations. <laughs> like, <And> cognitively. <laughs> you've been alive for 12 hours. <laughs> I've been a lot like my, my memory can like I it can't clearly go back 30 years. But like cognitively speaking, I probably couldn't remember anything until like like year five of Christmas. Right. Like a five-year-old, I might remember like a toy or something or like a core memory might pop into my head, deja vu, all that stuff. Right. It's so wild to think because Christmas is like two full months long now that you've only been alive for like 30 Christmases. And it like, it, it was like, I, obviously your birthday comes once a year and so does Christmas and all that other stuff. But because Christmas spans over two months, two months over 30 years is 60 months worth of Christmas. But you've only ever been alive for like your age of Christmas. And it's just like, I know that sounds like I was like baked <laughs> off my ass. I was going to say, how many, how many freaking like weed cookies and gummy bears and shit did you, did but, you But do you know what I mean? Like for the, for the length of the event, it's not like you'd ever have that perspective for Easter. You, you're like, oh shit, this is my like 31st Easter, man. Yeah, it's that like damn, I, that damn bunny. I still haven't caught him, but I sure did catch all of his eggs. But it's like, <laughs> I've been alive and I kind of remember 30 Christmases, but Christmas is such a long event now. Yeah. That it just feels like you've been through so many more. Yeah. Because Christmas is spanned over multiple Christmas parties. It's usually like your parents have Christmas parties, maybe your grandparents. If you're lucky enough, your employer pays for a Christmas party. Your significant others have a Christmas party. All that stuff. Yeah. Just just like so wild to think about. And we've now made it through three full Santa Claus movies and a TV series that David is dying to talk about. Jesus Christ. No, wasn't there four four Santa Claus movies? No, there was Santa Claus 1 where he kills Santa. Let's, well, he doesn't not, kill Santa. No, no, let's kill not Santa. mince words. He, he kills a man, steals his job. <laughs> and then, That's true. And then, then there was Santa Claus some 2, which was, which he was to get married. The, the escape clause. No, was it the escape clause? No, that's the third one. You're right. Santa Claus 2. And then two, there's the Jack, Jack Frost one. Santa Claus 2 is the one where he clones himself to get work done. 
and the robots go crazy. He's like, I love Coco. And his little like, um, uh, I guess it's like his kind of niece, but it's his ex-wife's daughter with Neil. Um, yeah. Judge Reinhold. Um, That's right. Okay, they, so there's there's three Santa Claus films. There's the Santa Claus, 1994. Uh, then there's the Santa Claus 2. That's with the robot one, which so, was so funny. So, so first one was a, a murder plot. The second yeah. one is a revenge story because he has to go take back the North Pole with his dumb reindeer that flies to get him. His name is Chet. Scott Calvin has been in the role of Santa for the past eight years, and his loyal elves consider him to be the best one ever. But the world world of Merry Old Soul turns upside down when he's dealt a double whammy of news. Not only has his son, Charlie, landed on this year's naughty list, but Scott discovers that he must marry on, must marry by Christmas Eve or he will stop being Santa Claus forever. And then and there then, was uh, Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. That's with, uh, what's his name? Martin Short. Which Martin Short tricks him into... Saying he wishes he was never Santa Claus and he touches a snow globe and then Jack Frost turns the North Pole into an amusement park, which was recycled in the recent Marvel movie. Really? Thor Love and Thunder. Are you serious? Well, they they turn New Asgard into a theme park. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so the Santa Claus 4, instead of making or the making a fourth movie they made a tv show for on disney plus so we want i don't know when the new episodes release i believe it's tuesdays is it tuesdays i Um, I haven't seen the show (laughs) because there was two episodes out so we watched those two episodes and it's surprisingly good like you remember when the santa claus came out right it is it is a classic christmas movie now like if you even if you don't like the second or third one the first Santa Claus movie is a classic Christmas movie that it has stood the test of time since 1994. Minus um, the whole Chinese restaurant racism thing. What? When they're at the Denny's or whatever, and he's like, rah, 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 rah. No, no, no. That's a, that's a Christmas story, not the Santa Claus. Oh, shit, I got the wrong movie? Yeah, you did. Oh, yes, you were right, because they're in a Denny's, because dad Denny's. burned the turkey, yeah. and there's the elves sitting at the table behind him. That's and correct. guys, I'm not racist. Yeah. I'm and, just repeating what happened in a movie. And and Judy 80s. and Judy was the elf, right? And then he got the, the pajamas from Judy, and then Scott's ex-wife was like, oh, Judy? And what his name? Charlie... Sure, it wasn't Julie. No, it was Judy. And then Charlie, the kid, was like, oh, yeah, Judy gave it to you. And then he was like, who's Judy? And then he's like, oh, no, that was the server from Denny's. Anyways, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to have to watch Welcome back to Scene on Scene Trivia, where we are talking about the Santa Claus. So the TV show is actually pretty good. It it does, like, obviously, this is meant for children, but there's enough throwbacks to the original movie that as someone who watch that movie when it first came out and watches it every year there's enough for those people that it is it is entertaining uh the story behind this one is santa claus scott calvin or tim allen as as some people know him by um is thinking of retiring from being santa yet again (laughs) right and 
uh, somehow he has to find like a replacement of Santa. Now I have a feeling I know where things are going. There is like in the movie or in the show, there's like this Amazon type guy. Like he wants to create this, some sort of like Amazon type of same day delivery thing. And I think they're going to try and make him Santa Claus, which is kind of weird, but uh, overall the, the show is pretty good. If you want like a lighthearted, just watch a show that doesn't really like, you don't have to really pay attention to. There are some really good jokes in it. I have actually made single laugh out loud. Haas. <laughs> because some there's been such uh some some funny jokes in that but yeah i don't know man i don't know i don't i don't know if i want to watch it and ruin it because the no, third no, movie I was already think, bad the third movie is bad uh this one's not not too bad actually i there's a there's enough throwbacks on the first two episodes that um i think i think you would enjoy it and not like th- nece- like they've made references to like Santa Claus two and the Santa Claus three, but uh, no, like it's, it's kind of cool that they're not completely disregarding those. What happened in those movies? Because it is literally a continuation of this. It's, it's essentially the Santa Claus four in TV show form. Okay. I'll bite. I will watch an episode. You should watch the first two and then watch Andor. Cassian Andor as yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh, so what do we uh, have next on the docket? All righty. So what's next is Sony, Sony, Sony. is just oh, causing yeah. more problems for you jabronis. Sony is like the kid with the rat tail haircut. It's just the, just the brat. You what know were the gonna bad guys problems. named? Not not the bad, bad guys in Power Rangers, like the Putty Patrol and all that. The Putty guys. What were the two bullies in high school? Oh, like Butch shit. and Worm or something. Something like that. Uh, I'm going to give you that's, that's them. That is Sony right now. You're just like... Bulk and Skull? Is that who it is? Yeah. Bulk and Skull. Bulk and Skull. Yeah. Farkas, Bulk, Bulkmeyer, and Eugene Skull, Skull Skullovich. From the original Power Rangers? Yeah, that's Sony. Yeah. So, how do we feel about Sony right now? What, where are we at? Well, because what, like, are they, what are they bitching about now? So, for... Well, uh, one, they're being cranky little ass faces. And why I say that, very, very truthfully and sincerely, is Sony is now claiming that Microsoft's true strategy is to make them be like Nintendo. Oh, Microsoft. Oh, that's what Microsoft is trying to do to Sony. Yeah, because they want uh, they want Sony out. They want them gone. They want them out of the 18 rated shooter space. They're like, you know what, Sony? Grab your shit and go. They don't want you around here no more. Except I remember playing friggin' <laughs> True Crime, the streets of LA on my my Xbox or on my GameCube. And that was the most fun game ever because I couldn't mm-hmm. have a PlayStation at the time. All I got to say is just fucking swallow your pride. Take the deal and let's all move on. You're hurting gamers. You're hurting the community. Do you think aside from like the greatest reviewer of all time and a few other people that anybody cares who really owns 
Call of Duty. Let's call a spade a spade here. This Call of Duty that's out right now, Modern Warfare 2, is the best Call of Duty we've had in years. Well, years. Since, since uh, Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 1 remake, right? Yeah, so that's three Call of Duties ago. Yeah, That's the best we've had in years. That That doesn't have Microsoft's hands all over it. But Microsoft bought that company because they want to expand gaming for gamers. They've they've reached out. Samsung now has an app on their smart TVs where you can connect an Xbox controller to the TV and get Game Pass. Wow. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Your TV is now an Xbox. Take that in. Yeah. Just take that in. And the thing is, is like right from like from the longest time ago, long, long time ago, Sony has always been about keeping everything for themselves. Right, like they always had exclusivity on a lot of things. For <clears throat> how long did they have exclusive rights to? Like, were they the sole console or system for Square Enix games? Right. I know you weren't a big like Final Fantasy player or anything like that, but once uh, Sony kind of got a, the license for Final Fantasy from and it was originally on Nintendo consoles. It wasn't until the GameCube that we had um, a a Final Fantasy title on a non-Sony device. And that game that came out on GameCube was like Crystal Chronicles. So it wasn't even like a traditional Final Fantasy game in that sense. Right. But again, like this is one of those things that Sony had all of those games. You can get Siphon Filter on any other console. Um, the only games or companies that had like multi-platform titles, like when you think about it, were games such as, uh, or games made by Ubisoft and like EA still had, had some games that were multi-platform, but for the most part, they still had like their, their exclusives. So now that Microsoft has been focused more on, uh, inclusivity. And allowing people to play games on anything, like you said, like Samsung TVs, you can now get an Xbox. Uh, what is it like the X Cloud yeah. app on the phone on on their TVs? You can get them on your phones. Like you can literally play an Xbox on. You can stream it to your PC, right? Without well, you can get Game Pass on your PC and stuff like that. But um, Microsoft has been focusing on increasing the number of people that can access games where Sony has always been about decreasing the number of games that you can play on other consoles so that people only buy PlayStation systems. And it's happening right now with God of war. They've got the, I I believe it's been toted. um, It is the highest um, ordered and purchased single player game for an individual console, like for Sony, that they've ever released. So it is their highest launch title ever. Well, there was a ton of hype behind it, too. Like, I I, I haven't seen so much hype behind a, a specific game. And I think part of that is due to, well, like, obviously God of War, like the first remake was so well received it kind of came out so good it kind of came out of nowhere i remember when it released and people like 
oh, they're redoing this. And then people start playing it thinking like, oh my God, this is amazing. I have yet to really play it, but I'm just going based off of, you know, what I'm, I'm seeing. Just watch the cutscenes, man. But the God of War games that were out on like PS2, PS3, PSP, you know, that was a, a staple franchise for Sony. So I think once the, once the remake came out, People are like, oh, okay, cool. Do God of War. They're, they're kind of going about it differently. Let's give it a try. It sold really well. It got a lot of hype. And then when they announced the sequel, people were like, oh, shit, I want more of that because the remake was so good. But it's also building and living on a legacy that started as an exclusive game for Sony from its inception, right? Mm-hmm. And then now they're bitching and complaining about, say, like uh, Call of Duty, saying that if Microsoft... Uh, if the purchase for Activision Blizzard goes through and Microsoft owns Call of Duty, it's going to affect their console sales for Sony. And it's like you have so many exclusive games, more so than like Nintendo has. We're not like really talking about Nintendo. Nintendo has a lot of exclusive games, but they're kind of like in their own. Like they're not really competing with anyone but themselves. Yeah. Right. Sony has all of the amazing good exclusive single player games and and like big open world games and stuff that people want to play. Microsoft has been trying. Remember when Crackdown 3 came out? Dude, what a terrible. Like it was so right? hyped and it was it so was bad. It was so hyped and yet yeah, it flopped. It was so bad. Sony has tried or sorry, Microsoft has tried so many times to create and hype up like these amazing games that they are, are coming out with. And yet they're just, they're just consistently flopping. So what are they doing? They are buying up game studios, putting them on their platform and allowing people who might not necessarily be able to afford an Xbox or PC that can play games, the abilities to play these things on something as simple as their cell phone or their TV. Whereas Sony is just wanting stuff for their systems only so that you can only play it on a PS5 and you have to buy a PS5 to play the game. Yeah. Sony also believes that this deal will harm competition, industry participants, innovation, and consumers. All right, Sony, listen up. Sony fans, I'm so sorry, especially the one who writes reviews and listens to our show. I, I just need to be real with you guys for a second. Do you need the do we need the sad music right now or is that Do I have the piano music? I do. I, I do. I think you do. Yeah. There you go. Hear my words. Baby. If you think your console needs Call of Duty to sell your console, your console is hot garbage. Listen. I love playing Call of Duty. It's one of my favorite games to play with my friends. Even David when he comes online every once in a while. But the fact that you're all worked up because Call of Duty is going to quote-unquote ruin your console, damage innovation, harm competition, fuck off. Just fuck off. Here's why. You have your God of Wars, you have your Ratchet and Clanks, you have your Jack and Daxters. You had Crash Bandicoot until you, you blew that exclusives aren't always the way and I don't think it's going to be Call of Duty that rams it down your throats guys no Starfield's coming for you and it's going to fucking hurt 
because they've got a game that your players want. And maybe if you played ball with Call of Duty or uh, with Microsoft on the Activision deal, they might let you slide into those DMs and pick up Starfield <laughs> and whatever else they're working on. But no, you guys are being stupid. Just moronic. Stop. And rant. Uh, and not only Starfield, that was, that was beautiful, by the way. <laughs> that was beautiful. Not only Starfield, though, but they're not getting, as far as I know, they're not getting Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. And you know what? Just play ball. Look, this is going to sound like we are the biggest Microsoft homers there are. And you guys all know we have all three consoles, technically four, because we have PCs as well. When's enough? When are you going to stop? When are you going to pull your heads out of your asses and realize that Call of Duty isn't the problem? You know what they could do? They could be like, hey, you know what? You want Call of Duty? Give us Spider-Man. That would cause some problems. Spider-Man's released on PC is not that hard to make it an Xbox game now. No, no. And and with with the architecture that all of these consoles are nowadays, they're all use like they're all very easy to port to other systems. The thing is, is that Sony has always just been one to cry wolf, right? Like they've always been the first one to complain when things aren't going their way, but then also the first one to brag when they have something that stands out. And ultimately, they need to, like you said, they need to grow up. Um, they're doing nothing but hurt, just hurting their, they're just hurting their player base and, and gamers in general. For people who like, we grew up playing these games, right? And like you said, like we're, we might sound like big Microsoft fanboys and, and whatnot, but we have every system, right? Like I am not limited I'm fortunate enough to not be limited to one console. So I can get God of War and play it, and then I can go and play Starfield <laughs> on my Xbox, right? I can play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on my PS5 and then play, uh, I don't know, that Crash Bandicoot game <laughs> that Sony lost on my Xbox, which is not very good. I didn't like it. But like what I'm saying, though, is or what I'm trying to get at is in this day and age with the technology that we have, this whole like console war thing that has been going on for so long, let, like when is it going to end? War right? is not the answer, but like the console war is so redundant now. It doesn't matter. Microsoft every other day puts out a tweet being like, I love being a gamer. What's your favorite part? Sharing is caring, blah, blah, blah. It's not nearly as funny as that Netflix thing from years ago being like, uh, caring is sharing a, or love is sharing your Netflix password. Yeah, that but, aged like milk. But Microsoft is always out there doing that and the inclusivity. Nothing about the PlayStation is inclusive at all. No. You have to, like, David said it perfectly. We're privileged enough to have. I was I was fortunate enough that we had the ability to get a console for me. I was very lucky. David found one. But I wasn't going out of my way to find one. And is that privilege? Yes, absolutely. Because like I wasn't trying to find one. Yeah, you didn't have to pay for delivery. And I got a <laughs> hug on the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was the tip. <laughs> that was a weird US UPS delivery guy. He, he hugged you, cupped the balls. <laughs> but enough about me and you. No. 
the at the end of the day, we are we are privileged enough to have, and we're not saying like be a have or have not. But like, if it weren't for PlayStation Plus, I wouldn't have half the games mm-hmm. on PlayStation. I have some of those games because I wanted to play them. PlayStation to me has always been this single player console. And that started because Sony back in the day in their infinite wisdom was like, here is PlayStation. What was it called? PlayStation silver or something? PlayStation. No, it was always PlayStation plus. No, no. What was their online component that was free, but it was all dedicated servers. So it was, it was like terrible free. Oh, but they didn't. Oh, I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was just PlayStation. It was just PlayStation Online. Yeah, so like I've always paid for online services ever since I've had my own Xbox. Like 12 months of gold used to be 50 bucks, man, that was the day. <laughs> Those were the days. Now 12 months of Game Pass is like 160 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which is wild, but I'd rather pay $160 at the beginning of the year. And get all the games I want to play. For yeah, games that aren't right. on Game Pass, I will buy them. But like when it comes to this whole thing now, look at their big titles. Starcraft. Sony, um, what what are you complaining about there? Nothing. You on, hold on, Starcraft? I'm just looking at the the whole acquisition. I'm just looking at the oh, biggest titles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Starcraft, okay. Candy Crush. Build a mobile phone, Sony. Oh, wait, you did, and it was trash. World of Warcraft, another PC game. It looks like Microsoft is trying to collect games that are played on Microsoft computers. That Sony Vio that came out, what operating system does it use? Oh, uh, I, believe, I believe it's Windows. Oh, <laughs> weird. Call of Duty, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Mobile. Diablo, oh, PC again. Overwatch. Mm terrible let's just move on mm-hmm. you know like growing up growing up i was and i'll admit i was a huge nintendo fan like is that because the, your mom thought all video games were nintendo <laughs> well no it's because i grew up having all nintendo consoles right we didn't really have i didn't i didn't have the playstation for the longest time i didn't have a dreamcast i didn't have any sega systems um so yeah we always thought like nintendo was the the greatest uh because that's what we grew up with and then eventually you know like i borrowed my my buddy's xbox i'm like holy shit like there's so many other games out here and then my brother's like best friend would bring his playstation over it's like oh my god we need to get a playstation so then we slowly my brothers and i slowly started acquiring these different consoles and maybe it's because I was young enough and fortunate enough that like I had multiple siblings that we could pool our money together and we could, we could buy these systems. Right. Or we would get it for Christmas or whatnot. So I grew up being exposed to, to different systems and different games. So I wasn't kind of tied down to one console and felt obligated to only support that company, that console. Right. But now we're in 2022 almost 2023 and people are still like, you know, Xbox will tweet saying like, Oh, I love being a gamer. What's your favorite thing today? And then Sony fanboys would be like, fuck you, Xbox <laughs> dude. And it's so bad, right? Like it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. 
like and then the, then we get things like uh the game awards that we we talked about last week that no one really <laughs> i talked about last week <laughs> and uh and and we have things like that where microsoft has like never had a, a game on there but it's obvious that sony is paying for their games to be on there so that they can just kind of like toot their own horn and say we have like the best games but really it's it's not it's not always about the games. It's about making it accessible to people. Because, what is your? Yeah. Sorry, no. Finish your thought. I I I I promise it's going somewhere. I was, I was just gonna say, like, it's 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 not always about the games. It's about the accessibility. Because once you make your system and your games accessible to more people, like Xbox or like Microsoft has been doing, then you will get the market share. Right, you will get people wanting to play your games and give you money because it is pro-consumer, not anti-consumer. End rant. Okay, so I'll let I'll let you come up with two titles because I think that's fair. In the last, we'll say year and a half, we can even span back. Yeah, we'll say a year and a half. That that gives us two full Christmas seasons. What is your favorite two titles? that you've purchased and played bin that are not remakes. So unfortunately Lego Star Wars get. Yeah. Well, is Lego Star Wars a remake? Not really because it's like, it's, it's a compilation of it's like eight or like nine full games. They're all like five or six levels. I don't know, but it's nothing like the, the original one, but anyways, okay. Games that I purchased, Ah, oh, geez, I haven't or, really purchased a lot of games. Streamed, I guess, but I just I'm curious. In the last two years, you know, I would say it takes two. Game that of the Year winner, and that would have been last last winter, so last Christmas. Uh, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know. Actually, you, what is it? It's called Chorus. And I, I purchased that recently, like within this year. It's uh, it's like an arcade space flight sim. Um, and it's just one of these games that it's relaxing to play because it's I just fly around and, and shoot things. So. Two point hospital was one. I was so hyped for that game and I got it on oh, streaming because yeah. I didn't have a computer at the time. That's right. And now that I have a computer, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Point and click. Incroyable. But for me, one of the like the best games that I like got my hands on was Outer Worlds. And I know that was like late 2020, early 2021. And it was like a Fallout pretty much clone. Mm-hmm. But it was... It was good. Like I always buy the NHLs and the Call of Duties, and I will always put money into to terribleness where I can find it because I love those games and I'm a sucker for it. But those were two of the games. Actually, you know what? I would like to change my answer to Miles Morales. Oh yeah, yeah, you really that, like that one. I I love Spider Man. Spider Man is my ride or die. And to me, like those games were noteworthy. But also, Spider-Man's super exclusive. Unless you buy an AMD chip and then you get Spider-Man for free mm-hmm. on your computer. So I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. 
I don't know what the point of arguing with this anymore is. I know it's it's we could we could go on forever and 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 but not like, get anywhere because it's the, the way that Sony is. He's just like a they're acting like a spoiled child. You know that kid in the grocery line, like the checkout line, crying because mommy didn't buy them the the chocolate bar that they they grabbed from the side there. That's Sony really CEO is. is being Caillou. Oh my god! Does, <laughs> I'm gonna say some things that's gonna get me in trouble, so I'm not. <laughs> but instead of that's my favorite chair, it's that's my favorite game, and Sony CEO just really likes Call of Duty and nothing else. Mm-hmm. We we're on to a meme. We've got a meme. So before we go, we obviously have to tease trivia, but I want to talk a little bit about our 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 walkabout mini golf experience from the weekend. That's probably yeah the second longest I've had a headset on. Like when I'm playing Demio, I have to sit down obviously. And those are about an hour and a half, two hour games. I really like 20,000 leagues under the sea. I thought it was a very inventive map. You and I didn't play the hard one. We just did the Fox hunt and then we skedaddled. No, we didn't. But uh, what, what was oh, your yeah, opinion yeah. on 20,000? Cause I know we spoke to the developers about it, but I, this was the first time you actually got to play the map. Yeah, I felt like it was it was extremely immersive and and because it was under the water. Yeah, it was <laughs> nice, but that's I'm seeing, submersive. Yeah, that's submersive. I think it would have been a little bit more of a wow factor if we had played it both first together. Right. And just the, the, the way that timing worked out, unfortunately, we were unable to. But. There was a lot of stuff going on there. It was it was actually quite the experience because uh, there was nothing like that. And and I know uh, if you haven't w- listened to our episode where we talked about uh, walkabout or at least twenty thousand leagues under the sea with uh, one of the developers, go and listen to that. It's a great episode. Um, but one thing that we mentioned there is that they had a new kind of intro where you're taking this like small little shuttle up to the Nautilus. And then and then it goes into the the game and stuff like that. Um, it was pretty cool. And the fox hunt though really told a story. I think that fox hunt was really good in in kind of telling the story of what happened and what was going on in in that ship. I thought it was really good. And then we played Mist. And it was, I think it was a missed opportunity. It it was okay, and. Some people might be like, oh, my God, you guys love walkabout mini golf. You've only ever say good things about it. And it's not that we're saying bad things about Mist. I think it was lost on us because neither of us really played the the Mist PC games enough or maybe at all. I don't know if, if you ever played it. That That is fair to say that we have not played it enough that it would have mattered right like we didn't really get much of the references like it was a cool and v- very accurate kind of recreation of miss island um but all of the puzzles and stuff like and now granted okay some of the like the puzzles that they had in the courses where you actually had to hit the ball over a switch to make something move and whatnot that was pretty cool that was interesting and i hope that they incorporate more things like that into future courses, which would be really cool. But other stuff going on in there is like we weren't nothing felt 
like completely wow. Like I think the the one course that really blew us away the first time we played it, and actually multiple times, was uh, Sweetopia. Yeah, it's still to to this day I think my favorite or second favorite course. Yeah, Sweetopia, and then Labyrinth. I think because of the way that Labyrinth is set up, where it you can go into completely different areas and and it feels like you're in a different map altogether. Really well done. But I think with Mist, the main thing is is it's going to appeal more, and the people who played the mist video game are going to enjoy it more than people who didn't it felt more like some of the early um walkabout courses it's a little that's bit. very yeah yeah it felt incomplete but also when you played um sweetopia yeah did you ever feel overwhelmed because there was like too much candy. Uh, no, I just like, I think I get what you're saying. Like there was a lot going on. There was so much to look at. There was stuff in every like nook and cranny there. It was, it was filled. It was like you were a kid going to the pizza hut buffet when they still had the ice cream bar. And you're just loading up your ice cream sundae with absolutely everything. And you take it back to the table and you know that there's no way that you're going to eat it. But you're a kid and you're at the ice cream bar and you're going to fill it up. That's what Sweet Topia felt like. It was just like so much going on that you truly felt like you are in a completely different world. And to this day, I still enjoy playing that because it's it, it does, doesn't get boring, right? Yeah. It's Words. it's one that you constantly want to better yourself on to mist. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I understand that when we played the Fox hunt, the switches had significance, but there were so many things that you could push prod and do. And the game just didn't give anything for it. And according to Reddit, some of them were just Easter eggs like the clock tower. But apparently a lot of people were like a little disappointed that the ship didn't rise and fall. Maybe there's like a, a little switch combination around the little diorama of the ship on like hole like 14 or whatever, or gives you another chance to do it and like rise the ship. I don't know. People still haven't figured this stuff out and maybe that's a problem. Mm -hmm. But the, the biggest thing I kind of had a problem with and I, I hope other people feel the same way and we're not just upset about nothing, but if mist is a puzzle game, and the whole goal is to work on a puzzle and trying to create or accomplish a goal. Why did I get to shoot first and show David how to solve part of the puzzle? And then he got to shoot and we just kept going back and forth, but we couldn't work together to solve the puzzle. Is it to negate the ability of possibly getting a hole in one? Perhaps, mm-hmm. but like, it just seemed so derivative and then you also had like if you accidentally rolled back over one of the pressure switches your game just like it went it reverted it was not fun and like walkabout is supposed to be this time where i just throw on my headset i get into a lobby with some of my buddies and i disappear for a while and i just didn't have the opportunity like i had to think way harder than i needed to some of the puzzles were really cool 
like if they were one-off switches, but like the fact that I had to do it and then David had to do it or vice versa, right? Like there was stuff where it's like I did something by accident and you're like, Oh, that's what I have to do. It just takes away from the competition part of the game. Like David and I will always like, we pretend we don't compete, but we always want to beat each other and that's fun. Yeah. That's the whole point. Trying to beat each other in this was impossible. Mm-hmm. because you'd be like it, it wouldn't matter like it, i just didn't feel the same yeah i felt like we were just playing it to get through to collect all the balls and then to get the do the do the fox hunt to get the oh, uh and the balls okay that yeah. was impossible <laughs> the fact that people have already created videos to find the balls that we couldn't find good on you but like the color like i just i don't know and and some of the designs for the balls like come on guys you had something that was literally like a thumbs up emoji which is great and all but we've asked multiple times for a seen on screen podcast logo on a ball why hasn't that been in there yeah wta jedward (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah, you know what? It's but you know what? It, this is good though. This is uh this is good because we can't uh have light without some darkness. And <laughs> in this case for us, walkabout uh or the mist map on walkabout is our darkness. I don't see us like willingly play that. I actually feel like we probably won't play that maybe ever again unless like oh. we're playing with someone who hasn't played it. Yeah, like our former friend Owen. <laughs> Ooh, them fighting words. But uh, I think it's one of those things, like if if we even hit random and it comes up, we'll most likely <laughs> back out of the game and, and pick something else. And exit. It's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I think what's the next one? They're coming out with uh, like a holiday yeah. themed one, right? I believe so. There's yeah. a holiday themed one and then there is a another book related one. Yeah, journey around or 80 days around the world or something like that, journey to the center of the earth, one of those two. There better be a, a hole where you shoot a ball off a hot air balloon. I yeah. And journey to the center of the earth, the the last hole, guys, if you're listening, the last hole I better shoot the the golf ball into the center of the earth. But they did also tell us that there is a, a high likeliness that the interactivity that we saw from the NPCs inside Labyrinth is not going to be replicated anytime soon. But progression-wise, I had really high hopes for Mist, and mm-hmm. it's not in my top half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every single map that they've released has always like impressed us more. Yeah. Right. Like they're always taking something and adding on to it. And I think if there's one takeaway from Mist, I would like them to see is things like pressure switches and whatnot, because it added some cl- complexity, like the, the, the hole that was leading up to the rocket ship. Prime example, we knew that those switches were going to put some sort of guard rail up. But if you hit the ball too fast, you would hit the switch but then the ball would fall off the ledge before the guardrail yeah. came up. If you hit it too slow, the ball wouldn't even hit the 
hit the guardrail. So it doesn't matter. So things like that are really interesting. And I hope they incorporate that a little bit more, but overall, like most of them were kind of like, like you said, you saw me do it. So then you knew exactly what to do. So it took the difficult, it took the challenge away from, from the course. I think the the game did do like a great job teaching you because you have to learn how to play through it. What I would like to see is, do you remember the old Tiger Woods games? Not the new t- Tiger PGA 2K, but like the old Tiger Woods EA games? Uh, yes. There used to be a game mode where you would alternate shot. I think it was called Bingo Bango Bongo. But um, you would shoot the ball and then a new circle would arrive and you had to hit the ball into that circle. So sometimes hmm. you would have to choose whether or not, like if the ball was around the green or the circle was around the green, but it went into the like sand trap a little bit, you would try and fuck over your opponent by putting it in the sand. So they had to get it into the circle. And like, you never wanted to put it too close to the hole. Cause then your, your opponent would get the tap out. I would love mm-hmm. to see a game mode like that on mist where you have to go back and forth and solve the puzzles. But as you solve the puzzles, you have to be careful because you want to make sure that you're the person putting the ball in the cup. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I think that would be a cool element. Yeah. Like they, they need some more like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like they're, they, they have a system that works. Mini golf is amazing. The way that the game brings us together and you know, like we live 2,200 kilometers away from each other, but when we're playing those games, we're, you know, playing two feet away from each other. Right? Yeah, uh, but it'd be cool to to open up and have some sort of uh, like mini game kind of things, like they did with the the like the lounge area, right? With like the driving range thing, which is kind of cool when you're just waiting around for people to to join in. You can you can set up like a little competition for how many targets you can hit. But other than that, that's really about it. It would be interesting if they had some sort of like uh, shot for shot kind of competition course. I'd agree. Yeah. All right. Do you want to, uh, do you want to do the, well, first off, we're going to, we're going to shout out um, TWB's trivia winners from two weeks ago. We, unfortunately in our last episode talked about this a little bit, uh, but it got destroyed with the rest of our footage, but bear is driving. Congratulations on the, uh, the nineties animation domination trivia round. Congratulations on your trophy. Congratulations on your prize. Thank you for holding that golden Leonardo or no, that golden Raphael ever so proudly. We're excited to see what you guys can do on music madness mania. Now here are your four. I'm not giving you the fifth one. As I told David pre-show, if I gave anything away about this round whatsoever, you guys would all research it. You would know everything and it would ruin the fun of the surprise. I'm going to tell you all, it's going to be a banger of a fun round. Yeah, it's it's something I'm super excited for. But here are your four rounds. In no particular order, because I haven't decided how scoring is going to work yet. TV Themes 2 is returning. So it'll follow kind of a similar formula to TV themes one. If you remember how that one worked, uh, music inspired by video games. It's all you're going to get for that clue. Uh, musical TV moments. And we're going to, we're going to do a trivia 
based on movie music. So not scores. Every song that we will touch on for the movies round will have lyrics and they'll be well known to that particular movie. So like uh, like a, a well-known song that was placed in a movie that is now recognized more so by the movie than the song? Yes. Now, uh, I'll, I'll use an example of something I'm not going to do, but Liz Fair's Why Can't I was the title song for how to how to deal with many more and i only know that because she who shall not be named literally brought this up earlier tonight um as another example oh it's so hard because some of these are clues and i'm trying to think of one that's like not on the nose but on the nose ah if i were to pick one day more from Les Mis. You all know that that movie, that song is for that movie. Or if I picked Danger Zone, everybody knows that Danger Zone is for Top Gun. Right? I'm not going to pick something super random, like uh, what mo- what song's in every movie? Reputation, or I don't know. I don't I can't know. Boombop <laughs> is in like 100 movies. So many, th- so many songs are in so many movies. Living on a Prayer, that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go too hard. But, again, music from movies. So think of like movies that are possibly on the billboards, uh, musical TV moments, uh, music inspired by video games, or video game inspired music is a better way to put it. Um, TV themes too, and then the super secret round. It's so secret that it'll surprise you. So secret that if we tell you, we'll have to kill you. Dun, 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 dun. Congratulations again, Bear is Driving. We will see you guys all on November 30th, where you can hopefully avenge your title. But that is it for this episode. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to all of our channels. For myself and David. He's so cool. We want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.